This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not because they're real. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Water Cooler Talk, the only podcast on the internet willing to share with you useless facts that have nothing to do with the topic for the show and will in no way be useful in your daily life. For example, Chris, did you know that potato chips, the potato, needs to be cooked within 24 hours of being rooted out of the ground? I did not know that, no. That's a fun fact that no one needs to know. Joining us today on the podcast, though, and back for round number two, Chris Bales. Chris, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to, glad to be back. Uh, last time you visited the studio, we had a, a bit of a ravishing discussion about about reserve seating at mm-hmm. movie theaters. The audience knows who won that discussion, so we don't need to rehash any, oh, any okay. points okay, Any here. points made there. Uh, but this time you return without your creative partner, Jake Merva, but you yeah. also return with a new exciting project under your belt. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Bales has jumped on the bandwagon and started a podcast, Going Ghost, the exclusive Danny Phantom podcast. That's not the only Danny Phantom podcast. No, it's exclusive because all they talk about is Danny Phantom. We can uh, discuss your show a little bit later more in detail and talk about my fan favorite episode appearance uh but i just want to get a quick kind of rating on how it's been being in the podcast game yeah it's been it's been a fun time i can see why you like it so much we just released our ninth episode and we're kind of just getting into the swing of things so it's uh it's been fun to see where it's going awesome <laughs> well <laughs> many people don't know about the behind the scenes mess ups that we've had to restart this episode a few times. They yes. don't, they don't they don't realize that about the podcast no, game. It's, a, it's an underappreciated art. Well, for those who are listening and are afraid this podcast will turn into a Danny Phantom podcast or a podcast sharing useless facts like wood is 400 times more warmer than steel. Today is not the day we go down that rabbit hole because ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Water Cooler Talk, the podcast whose main mission is to connect the world in conversation by taking the strangest, the weirdest, the quirkiest, most bizarre, most unbelievable real-life news stories and opening up a discussion about some of the ideas presented in those articles. If you want to share a strange and interesting local news story yourself, comment your thoughts on one of today's stories or not, wink wink, send us some useless facts, you can email us at watercoolertalkpod at gmail.com or connect with us on Instagram at watercoolertalkpod. All right, Chris, are you ready to jump back in to your favorite podcast? I've been ready, Adam. I'm so ready. (laughs) You have been ready ready all day. All right, this is from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Man insists boss's flatulence was a form of bullying and is suing for $1.2 million. 56-year-old David Hinks of Australia has some beef with his former boss, and that beef is causing a bit too much gas. Hinks is suing his former boss. Hinks was a former employee at Construction Engineering for $1.2 million because his boss, Greg Short, who Hinks referred to as Mr. Stinky, would regularly thrust... Am I saying that right? I feel like I'm not. (laughs) Which word? Regularly? Regularly. Regularly. (laughs) Regular. Would regularly (laughs) thrust his bum out and fart behind Hinks while he was working. This would occur up to five or six times. Times a day. Hinks claims the frequent gas passing was part of a conspiracy to end his employment and caused him severe stress. He also alleges he was marginalized by other employees at his work as well. During the trial, Short, Hinks's boss, testified he may have done it once or twice, maybe, but not with the intention of distressing or harassing Hinks. Supreme Court Justice Rita Zamet dismissed the lawsuit earlier this April, stating that even if the flatulence had happened in a small windowless office, it would not necessarily amount to bullying, and that there was some inappropriate behavior in the office, including passing wind, but it was typical banter or mucking around. Chris, once again, did Supreme Court Justice Rita Zamet make the right decision? You know, I think hearing it a third time, I think she did. <laughs> <laughs> the third time really changed my opinion. No, no, I think she, I, I think she made the right decision by dismissing it, just because it's just, it's just. Dumb. Um, like you don't need to take it to a Supreme Court level of Australia. I don't know how the yeah the legal system legal system in Australia yeah. works. I don't know as far as the court system there, but I feel like one point two million dollars is definitely. <laughs> a lot of money and for a small obviously it wouldn't work in like small claims court yeah. or something like that well I just because what was his issue his issue was that he said they were conspiring to get him to quit yeah I guess why can't they just fire him like well I think th- I, you can't just fire someone for no good reason you I need suppose. a reason I feel like they had well because didn't they didn't the court find that they had a reason like, because he was saying that they were trying to get him out, but then they said his firing was legal. Not in the story I read. No, I was. <laughs> I did my research, Adam. No, <laughs> you brought the you brought the heat. Well, besides that, this is this is what I want to mention. So we know from the useless fact generator that the average healthy individual pass gas between twelve to twenty five times a day. Let's say Greg Short, Hinkst's boss, is right in the middle at about eighteen farts a day. <laughs> 
<laughs> I did. I learned way too much about. Yeah, you know more than I do. Uh, divide that by sixteen for the amount of hours a human is awake because you're less likely to pass gas while asleep because of your autonomic nervous system, and you just get over about one fart per hour, right? Okay, that's yeah, that checks out. And as five thirty-eight points out, an average fart emits roughly enough gas to fill a can of soda. So in a typical workday, which would be eight hours. Short would have the ability to fart eight soda cans worth of gas a workday on average at Hinkst. Hinkst only mentioned it was maybe five to six. Is that a form of bullying? Wait, so all the factual lead up, does that does that change into the... Well, I just wanted people to get a representation okay. about what was going on in Hinkst's daily day. I think, I mean, I think like it is bullying, but it just feels like one of those things where you should be able to rise above it or, you know, just it be It feels a like a very, I think in like the first line they mentioned like this school is like a schoolyard yeah. type bullying thing. I mean, because it's definitely a form of harassment. Like, you you should feel comfortable enough at work to, you know, do your job without your boss, like, farting at you <laughs> and, like, <laughs> trying to gas out the small windowless room you're in. But, I don't know. It all, I guess it all depends on his circumstances too, like, how privileged he is. Because, I mean, like, because you want to say just quit, right? So, it's like, cause that'd be the, the ideal answer. But I guess you don't know. Like, maybe he has 15 kids to feed. Like, <laughs> well, that's what you think about when people, like, work in jobs that aren't favorable. Right. It's like, obviously, they don't want to be there but they also want to have a roof over their head and food on their tables. According to the Workplace Bullying Institute website, the definition of workplace bullying is as follows. Workplace bullying is repeated health-harming mistreatment of one or more persons by one or more perpetrators. It is abusive conduct that is threatening, humiliating, intimidating, or work interference sabotage, which prevents work from getting done, or verbal abuse. So basically, like, under that definition, yeah. farting on your coworker, like, is workplace bullying. Right. Yeah, it definitely is. I don't know. I just because I mentioned in the article that he like retaliates too. Like he'd mm-hmm. he'd spray deodorant on deodorant, him. Like, yeah, which I don't think is that bad. No, I don't think it's that bad either. But it's just like it just it does feel like a schoolyard thing. Like I can't picture my boss at my job coming up and <laughs> farting on me, and then I like whip out a can of Axe and like spray. It. It's it seems more of like a thing that maybe the boss was like, "This is kind of funny." You know, when you you're a single child, right? Yeah. So yep. you, growing up with my brother, like you'd do stuff with your brother just to piss mm-hmm. him off because it'd make you funny and then it'll be like, yeah. oh, whatever. So I feel like in this situation, that's what it's like with Mr. Short. Is like He was like, ah, this is a funny yeah. thing. I'm just going to mess with David here. And David was like, yeah, dude, I'm not okay with it. But maybe he never, we don't know what happened in the office. We don't know yeah. that discussion. So maybe he never said anything that made Mr. Short believe like, oh, maybe he doesn't want me to fart on him every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at a, a different- a serious podcast. I know. Like, I was looking at a different article about this and they, they, they interviewed one of their coworkers and he said that, hey, was just not fun. They're like, he would never join in on the office things. Well, so, that, yeah, that's definitely... Oh, sorry to interrupt No, you. no, no. I'm so sorry. I was going to say, it, it sounds like what you described, like the culture. It's probably like a, a boys club type thing. We had just like from prank. like what he had mentioned where like the other employees were against them. And it's just like, well, yeah. I mean, if no one at your job likes you, if your boss is partying <laughs> yeah. on you, it's like maybe you're not the best person to work with. Yeah, it's. I'm. I'm he sounds kind of uptight. And like, it's the whole chicken and the egg thing. Like, was he... Were they all friends before the boss betrayed him and started farting on him? Or like maybe this guy sucked and the boss is like, it'd be funny if we tried to fart on him Don't every day. Don't try farting on my coworker. Here's my kind of final statement: is I believe farting on a coworker is considered bullying, but as far as it being grounds for a lawsuit and a lawsuit at 1.2 million, yeah, that's a bit ridiculous. I think that's where Justice Rita Zamet spoke the truth. Even in the United States, once again, the story happened in Australia. There are no federal or state laws specifically directed at workplace bullying because it's hard to prove without witnesses. And as we know Hinks didn't have a lot of friends at work so no one's gonna <laughs> no. be like oh yeah the boss was farting on him maybe that'll be Melania's big thing right her her thing's bullying <laughs> maybe maybe this will be the farting. poster child yeah but I just, I just don't think there's enough to prove his case and that's why I think that yeah. Justice Rita kind of said nah because there just wasn't enough to prove that this was actually I don't think bullying. you ever even could prove it unless you like had someone there like like video cameras or I mean yeah yeah but even then you could just not throw your bum at him or it said like you could still fart like the video camera's not going to zoom in just that detail. silent walk by have you ever seen there's a um recording of like a heat signature and it's a guy farting and oh, you can no. see the fart no. so yeah, maybe this that. is what hinks needs to install in his workplace they'll set up like one of those ghost hunting stations <laughs> where there's like infrared cameras and they zoom in and yeah uh but to end the story i want to share another fact that may or not may or may not be useless to you according to a study done by australian physicist <laughs> 
Australian <laughs> physician Carl Kruzinicki, probably did not say that right. I'm sorry, Carl. Flatulence can cause infection if the emitter is naked, but not if he <laughs> or she is clothed. Well, I wanted to know if maybe it was like if you got farted on, would it be like bad for you? Carl says no. He also says this, but the results of the experiment should not be considered alarming because neither type of bacterium is harmful. In fact, they're similar to the friendly bacteria found in yogurt. So the mm. same bacteria found in farts is found in yogurt. So the next time you're worried about being farted on, it's okay because it's just like eating yogurt. There was this reminding me of something. I don't remember enough about it, so I'm just going to make up everything for your viewers. That's fine. I make up everything <laughs> on the show here. I don't. There was some study that was looking at romantic partners, and they were saying like smelling your partner's like farts somehow bring you together more psychologically. I know. I didn't know about the farts. I know body odor. Yeah, you're that's more part of attracted to body odor. Yeah, but it's just it's just people are weird, and I guess farts can go both ways. They can cause love, and they can cause workplace harassment. Farting is just not. I'm not a big farter. I've in, never done it in public places. You've never farted. No, not once. <laughs> I'm not a healthy male. Chris, according we know to, <laughs> according from to. the stats, 12 to 25 times a yeah. day. Well, this is a small windowless room. Like we can, <laughs> may I might bully you later. You're <laughs> bullying me. Uh, I would like to welcome to the show for his second appearance on the podcast, Chris. Bales. He, along with Jake Merva, stopped by last time for their episode, Tim Allen's Monkshot, and now he is back by himself to discuss some more interesting news stories. Chris, we are one story deep. Has this been a better experience solo? Yeah, I think so. I mean, any experience without Jake is better, but... <laughs> It's just, I'm not getting yelled at for all my opinions. I don't have to defend any controversial things. It's funny though, Jake did tell me before I came here, um, he's kind of like my publicist, where he's worried I'm going to like cancel our company by saying something stupid. Like he's like, I'm not there to, I'm not there to (laughs) police what you're saying. So he's a little worried. So we'll see how this goes. Well, let's get into your uh, podcast here. Chris, your recent short film, by the way, for Northern Nights Productions, Mm -hmm. uh, The Terrible Tale of Granny Hanger was nominated as one of the 10 best films at the 2019 Z-Fest Film Festival. And now... You co-host the number one Danny Phantom podcast, Going Ghost, which launched in March. How did you guys decide Danny Phantom was the needed-to-be-talked-about cartoon show? I don't really know. I mean, we were at we were at a pizza shop in Diggytown discussing podcast ideas, and then we kind of wanted to do something where we analyzed, like, you know, like a show or like a album or like some pop culture thing that we didn't have to prep a lot for. And then Jake just yelled Danny Phantom, and that's like my favorite cartoon growing up, so I was obviously on board. And there's just a lot, once you look into Danny Phantom, there's a lot of like unique qualities about it. It was the first cartoon to do a lot of things. So we're like, there's some there's some meat here more what than... A, what have they done? Uh, they were the first uh, episodic like cartoon where it's... Uh, if you watch it in order of the episodes, you gain something as opposed to just watching it individually like they used to be. Like, Fairly Odd Parents, SpongeBob, you know, they had two 15-minute little cartoons that had nothing to do with each other, but Danny Phantom was like the first popular one to do like a narrative arc um, for full 30 minutes. So it's like, it was, there's cool to look at. And how have you liked being in the podcasting world? Each time you guys bring on a guest, yeah. do you guys do any prep for guests or is it just kind of free roaming? Um, the first couple were just kind of doing free roam, like friends and stuff. But I mean, as we've been going, we've been trying to look ahead and look at the themes of each episode coming up and trying to find guests that we know could have personal experiences. But I mean, we're kind of transitioning a little more where Danny Phantom's the backdrop and we'll obviously detail like we'll analyze it in depth but it's kind of the backdrop for discussion with our guests about their lives so that's been fun just hearing it, it brings up a lot of weird stories from people and it's kind of turned into us just embarrassing our guests so like <laughs> well i think like that's like from what i know from my audience i think mm-hmm. that's what people really enjoy it's like they're there for like okay we share some weird news stories but really they want to be there for the discussion and yeah i think podcasting is one of those things where like similar to a tv show or a movie like you can experience someone else's life or mm-hmm. however long it may be. Uh, Well, listeners, if anything Chris has said so far about his new podcast, Going Ghost, has interested you, if you stick around to the end of this episode, we will have a short clip of my appearance on Going Ghost podcast. Uh, One commentator called it the greatest guest appearance of all time. So there's that. Thanks, Mom. But anyways, it is a listen, and you can find the link to Chris's podcast in the description or follow them on Instagram at Going Ghost Pod. All right. Well, Chris, or listeners, check out Chris's podcast. Yeah, Uh, I'll check it out, too. <laughs> yeah, you check. It's my favorite podcast. Listen to it every day at work. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anything else you want to say about the podcast? Any upcoming guests that you're excited about bringing on? Yeah, so we're recording. Uh, you know, Go and Ghost, the exclusive Danny Phantom podcast uh, this Saturday with uh, our friend and uh, other half of Jake's theater company, Legend Theater Company, Danilo Luchko. So that'll be good. He uh, does a lot of improv. He's a good friend of ours. So I think that one will go off the rails a little bit. You also can watch the episode with or before the podcast to get a little extra tidbit. Do you think people could just listen to the podcast? 
podcast without watching the episode? Or do you think they have to watch the episode? I mean, I think you. I think it's one of those things where you're going to get more if you watch the episode because you can you can visualize the stuff we're describing. But I mean, I think we do a pretty good job of talking out the scenes. And I mean, like our guests just saw it, but they don't really know. So it's like they're kind of in the same position as the audience. So I, mean, I would recommend watching it. But if you if you don't, I would not listen to the podcast. I think you could still get stuff out of it. All right. Well, Chris was saying he will buy everyone who listens to the podcast the complete collection of Danny Phantom. Yep, on VHS. <laughs> All right, Chris, let's jump into another news story. Bring me another news story, baby. Yep, that's this is from the Montreal Gazette. Quebecers drove with Patriarch's corpse for two days to avoid U.S. health care. Before we jump in here, Chris, have you ever been to Canada or seen the movie Little Miss Sunshine? No, I have not been to Canada. I've been up to uh, Grand Portage State Park, which is right on the border. So I've seen Canada. I've but seen. You, but you were like, no, nah, I'm good for today. No, I didn't have my passport on me. I could have could have thought ahead. No, I, but I saw the you know the trees in Canada and they look nice. They look they look <laughs> a little more you know socialist, but a little it's more fine. Green. <laughs> A little more healthy. Yeah. More what healthy. about the movie Little Miss Sunshine? No, I have not seen it. Well, that's a good thing you haven't. Yeah. <laughs> because this story, well, this story will ruin the ending to that movie. For okay. You. So just to, just to throw it out there, for anyone who hasn't seen Little Miss Sunshine. Go watch it right now. This, we'll talk about the story for about 30 minutes, turn on Going Ghost Podcast for about 30 <laughs> yep. minutes, then turn it then back off, back. and then come back. Yep. All right. At around 2.30 a.m., a mother and son returning from their Florida vacation arrived at the border crossing back into Canada. Also, a quick note. Canada rejected me from coming in, so I'm just gonna. I'm I'm not the biggest Canada fan. <laughs> they actually, but whatevs. Yeah, yeah. When I was Do you have a lot doing, of felonies. Is that well, no. <laughs> I, d- I think they w- were thinking I was gonna steal a job because it was like oh, when yeah. I was living out of my car and I had all my stuff with me. I didn't have a lot of money, so they're like, well, this is kind of suspicious. I get it, but still, fuck Canada. That happened to me before too. Um, not that intensely, but I got asked to do a, a photography job in Canada and they wouldn't let me. I didn't get there and get denied, but I just like looked into the the yeah, work laws. I drove cause... all the way up. <laughs> to the freaking <laughs> yeah. border just to get denied. No, yeah, you can't you can't do a job a Canadian could do. In Canada. So anyways, 2.30 a.m., a mother and son returning from their Florida vacation arrived. It's like a, one of those horror podcasts. Arrived at the border crossing back into Canada. When asked, what do you have to declare? By the border guard, the Canadian family declared one inter- interesting thing. Grandpa. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best line of that article. It's just like they declared grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, everyone, the Twilight Zone is back, so yeah, I there's a free episode one. on YouTube, so watch that. Pretty good. In the back of the vehicle lay the dead body of the family patriarch. The elderly man had reportedly begun to experience health problems at the beginning of their vacation and had died of suspected heart attacks somewhere along the way. His wife and 60-year-old son decided the U.S. health care and returning Grandpa's body to Canada legally was a bit too pricey, so Grandpa's body was loaded up in the back, Little Miss Sunshine style. Sorry to spoil that for you there, Chris. Mm. And out on their way, they went. Peter Fontin, president of the Custom and Immigration Union, stated, This is... Never seen. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> quote they had. Uh, this, the, the distraught duel met with Quebec police, and it was unclear whether charges would be laid for the transportation of a deceased body. Chris, do you think this Canadian mother-son duo are telling the truth and Grandpa died of natural causes? Or do you think something more sinister is afoot? I mean, I'd like to think something more sinister is afoot. I'd like to think that they went all the way to the U.S. to murder their grandpa and then came back and <laughs> declared it and then made up this whole story about the healthcare costs. Maybe they're just trying to... Grandpa died a martyr for the universal Well, healthcare. I was thinking that there was a few comments that said maybe this, like, they knew grandpa was on his way out and they wanted to do one last trip and then he just happened to croak it along the way and yeah. they're like, oh, It's a decent way to die, though. You die living. I want to know how long grandpa was in the car yeah like, if like they did went to he florida. die in florida or <laughs> yeah. did he die in one of the northern really states close. I, I don't know i mean that kid though like that kid's gonna be messed up like they, well he's 60 <laughs> 60 he's 60 oh i thought he said six no he's and 60. i was like can you imagine being well how's no, the mom the parents are 80 oh how was the grandpa they mentioned <laughs> like, the grandpa was 80 the the woman so the mother and son the mother is the wife to the grandpa oh and then okay. the son is 60 sorry that was a bit confusing okay i thought but. it was the her dad died no. and then it was her kid and I thought the kid was sick no because <laughs> I, I would assume they didn't have much in, in the article but I would assume that the guy, the kid, the six-year-old kid was driving. Wait, that wouldn't make sense. Now I'm confusing myself. I don't know, but I, I was—I thought it was like Whatever, a little you guys kid. Read this story. And I was just like, that kid's messed up. If like they're transporting their dead grandpa in the back, and the mom's just like, this is normal. Like, <laughs> say goodbye to grandpa. But no, I guess it makes more sense that. So the grandma. So you're saying it's the grandma and her son. We're gonna double check. We're gonna okay. do a first ever podcast double check. <laughs> fact check. You actually make sure what we're, we're saying is accurate. Actually, gonna fact check something. Uh, um, reports that around 2:30 a.m. a mother and her son. 
returning from Florida, arrived at the crossing at Hemmernford, Quebec. In the back of the vehicle was the body of the family patriarch believed to be in his 80s. The elderly man had reportedly begun to experience health problems at the beginning of the trip and died of a suspected heart attack somewhere along the way. But his wife and 60-year-old son. Okay. So well, I don't know why they called grandpa? him yeah. grandpa. So <laughs> that's, like, that's where grandpa? the confusion is. The wife is the wife of okay. the dead old man, and then their 60-year-old okay. son. Okay. Well, then so it's I don't know creepy. who's calling him grandpa. <laughs> just clickbait, I guess. They but... could have just said old man dads and dead in the back. Yeah. I'd like to think that they murdered him and brought him back, but probably not. I'm sure it's just our ridiculously high health care. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. So it costs about 1000 to $3,000 to ship a body from one funeral home to another, and then another 800 to 2500 to receive the remains from the funeral home. On average, it can cost 9000 to $12,000 to die in the United States. In Canada, a traditional burial, a traditional burial can start around $5,000, but can easily balloon to over $15,000. So really, like, the price of funerals are the same in the U.S. and Canada, but it's the shipping the body that's yeah. the extra few thousand dollars that I'm like, they probably weren't right. interested Well, in. I mean, is this like, is this assuming they don't have Amazon Prime? <laughs> I would assume so. But this is like, and the reason I'm kind of skeptical of this story is like, this is the exact premise of Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, really? Is like, they go, like, they're driving with Grandpa, they're going to a Little Miss Sunshine pageant, and Grandpa dies along the way, and they don't have enough money to ship him back home. Oh, okay. And, yeah, they're, also, and they're also on like on a time crunch too, so that also plays into effect, but they kind of just steal him from the hospital, put him in the back, and then bury him later. But anyways, Chris, I wanted to ask you this question. Yes. Has dying become too expensive? There was like that recent story that Morgan Freeman said he wears his gold earrings because if he dies, at least he'll have money for his burial. That's crazy. So has dying become too expensive? Probably. I mean, I've never, you know, personally arranged a funeral, so I don't know the exact numbers, but, uh, it sounds like it. I mean, because probably leading up to the, the funeral, there's a lot of health care costs involved with, like, someone dying. And then well, once they have um, some numbers for you. If you are wondering, for my international listeners, this is it. Uh, if you are wondering where you shouldn't die in the U.S., definitely do not die in Hawaii, as an average funeral can cost $13,712, and end-of-life medical care can amount to $21,644. Yeah. Mississippi would be the cheapest state to die in, with an average funeral cost of $6,000, and an end-of- life medical care amounting to almost $10,000. Who wants to die in Mississippi? I mean, a lot of people do, but (laughs) Hawaii is actually interesting because I I studied abroad in Hawaii um, a year ago and we were talking about healthcare costs because it's, you know, made up of islands, obviously. And I think it's the highest cost of living in the U.S., right? Yeah, but only one island has like sufficient medical infrastructure. So if you get cancer or anything like that on any of the other islands, you have to get flown in. And then so you have to quit your job and go stay at a hospital in another island. So there's healthcare, like there's plane costs and stuff so it's like i i believe that that's the most expensive state to die in so you are saying we should just get rid of hawaii yeah just kind of push it a little bit further and then asia will Chris pick it Bale, up 2020 get rid of hawaii, <laughs> get rid of hawaii. <laughs> definitely not but. i think when we talk about the process of death i think people just in general take it way too seriously especially in the u.s right. you know when it comes to old age death that's just part of life like this grandpa he's 80 he's gonna yeah. die eventually you know obviously losing someone young or in an accident that's like that sucks ass uh, but i think people forget dying is actually part of living chris well i feel like the little kids dying thing is less of a loss of life and it's like a loss of potential mm. oh because it's a like, way to look at it because like people are sad that like they had so much to do it's not necessarily that like a life was lost it's like that they didn't get to do anything but when you're 80 and you die like loss of life is kind of sad but it's more special in that case like i feel like that's the distinction when i feel like especially in the u.s here we have this very dissociation with death right and because of that we've spawned this like billion dollar business of funeral homes and hearses and funeral directors and stuff of that nature we've kind of made death into a corporation which yeah which is what we're best at doing with things but it's actually another another hawaii story now that you mention it the class i took was world religions and we were talking about the funeral costs of dying in japan which ties in pretty well and that's like ballooned a lot because of like corruption because one of their practices there is when you die if you're like a i don't know what they call it it'd be like an equivalent of our priest if you die a priest like you get you it's like the catholic church where you get like church names it's like pope francis is like a name or whatever so like the priests in japan have names and if you die with one of those names you're like escalated to like their version of heaven type thing i'm butchering all of this but to get the gist <laughs> but then so like when common people die they have the option of purchasing a name like a priest name so the priest will give the dead person one of their names upon death to like hopefully 
push them higher. And that used to be kind of like a just a nice thing, but now it's turned into a business where there's like tiers of how good of a priest name you can have. Kind of like buying stars. Yeah, but it's like it, it gets easily within the six figures of our money to buy this name and bury your thing. And like that's that's bad because you're preying off the fear that they're going to end up in hell if you don't cough up that money. So people are like for like financing their homes and stuff to like pay for their grandpa to not to go to hell. And that's a discussion for another day as far yeah. as religion. But I feel like right. a lot of that is guilting people or fear mongering people into paying you money for yeah. something that may or may not actually be true. Well, and like back in the U.S., I think there's some saying in business that it's like uh, weddings and funerals, no one cares about the cost. So that's like the best time in business school to like upcharge people. So it's like because when people die no one's worried about how much it costs they're just worried about honoring their you know relatives so it's like it can definitely get really expensive that's the thing like i was really interested in stories because for me i've never understood like the physical aspect of death and remembrance like i don't want to sound like like a weirdo but it's like once i'm, I'm someone who believes in like souls and yep. when somebody dies i believe the soul leaves the body and then that body is disassociated with that person so it's like i look at somebody who has passed I'm like well that's not who I remember them to be like I'm someone who as soon as they pass I remember or I associate them through emotions feelings moments all those memories rather than this gravesite and that's totally fine if that's how you deal with it but just for me I've never really understood it in my own personal way it's like that's why I really like how places in Spanish speaking Portuguese speaking cultures celebrate the dead like it's not about mourning the death and griefing over death it's more about celebrating the moments that they were alive and really taking into their legacy that person really did something for this world at least in my life no that's definitely how I view it too I mean like I've been to a, a few funerals and it's just like they're always just so sad and like it's more focused on the body and it's like decaying and you like touch it and it's just like it's so sad but that's not it's not who the person was and yeah, I don't think what is what's the one where you see like the open casket what's that called like visitation or wake visitation or like, wake yeah, or yeah, yeah. So, I have no idea I don't really either but I mean thing. like it's just sad and everyone's sad and like depressed and everyone's in black and it's like a very bleak day and it's like it sucks that you spend your whole life you know tr- ideally trying to make a positive impact but then most people's last days are just depressing and that's also another thing it's like i don't want to be remembered as this hopefully i live a long happy life i don't want to be remembered as this old pale white dead guy in a casket like i want to be remembered as a joyful guy who experienced all these things in the world yeah so i kind of want to i i'm on board with that like new thing where it's like the celebration of life parties where it's like you don't even do visitation but it's like you maybe play videos now from people's lives or like they could play our podcasts and like everyone just (laughs) i want (laughs) i want my mom or no i don't I want my mom to play this. <laughs> I want my kids to play this podcast episode about flatulence. Yeah, at, at my funeral, at your funeral, and then just like have good food, like everything that people associate with you positively. I think should be there, and it's like I think that would be a better way to get remembered. I I personally want to have a Viking funeral, but it's illegal because <laughs> our country is restrictive. But the thing where they put you on a boat and they like push pyre, you out, like yeah, pyre and then they pyre? yeah they put you in the wood on the little boat, and then the archer shoots a fire like flame yeah. arrow. Are you and a then, Vikings fan? Yeah, I'd love the Vikings. Have you seen like not the like oh, the, the show. Culture. I was like, not have football. you seen the show? I saw the first episode of the show, and I want. I think you asked me that last time. It's a very good show. I want to watch more <laughs> more Vikings, but no, I did that ancestry.com thing, and I'm 75 percent oh, Scandinavian, 10 percent Chinese. If you were wondering, that's but, actually interesting. I've I've been thinking about doing that, but yeah, it's fun if you want to give you know data to the government, but <laughs> <laughs> so they can get you. But yeah, it's the funeral. That's the funeral I want. But so maybe maybe hopefully when I die, there's less rules about burning bodies in lakes. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, if I'm around and you die, I'll definitely. I want to get enough money to pay the fine. So I can like leave it to my kids. And I was like, just do it. Just they're do gonna it. find you, and I I'll cover like, it. I feel like if you were on your own, like I looked up, you can bury someone on your own private property. You need a funeral director to make it legal, and then if you move, you obviously have to report the burial of the body because you can't <laughs> dig up a body. That's illegal. But I feel like if you have a lot of land and you just have a lake on yeah. that land, it's like who's gonna know? Who's gonna know? Yeah. Well, I gotta buy a lake house then. And <laughs> there it is. That's the re- that's the only reason you should get a lake house. But yeah, it's just as far as that, like celebrating death, not getting into this corporate greed that we found here in the U.S. when it comes to death or as you mentioned in Japan. That's just to me a lot easier way to like look at death and kind of realize that we're going to die. I mean, just enjoy life now because that's how you should be remembered. Yeah, I mean that's, well, there's been a lot of conversations about that too. Like I don't know how much you follow hip hop or the late Nipsey Hussle, you know what I mean? I'm a hip hopper. Yeah, but Nipsey Hussle just died and it's like 
people have been talking about because he was an overwhelmingly positive figure. So people have been talking about like yes, legacy and like what it means and how you keep people's memories going and like all that stuff and how you should celebrate life. So I mean, it's pretty topical, but definitely, yeah, I don't definitely don't want to be a burden on the people I leave and just give them sad memories and tons of loan debt <laughs> for my funeral. And that's like one thing. It's like I just want people to be not like happy I'm dead, but not like <laughs> want sad. Parades. And like not, yeah, I, w- I want like a full on honor guard, but no. Uh, Chris, I want to ask you this before we move on. If you were given the option to choose how to die, how would you go out? I was thinking about this with the Nipsey stuff, like kind of like the old man did, I assume, in this in the story. Like I kind of want to go out living, where like I don't re- I don't ever want to end up like in a like an old folks home. If you could choose any way, like, you would spec- want to, to like, die. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw mine first, okay. and maybe that helps. So the way I want to die is I want to get injected by some sort of poison that okay. makes my whole body limp, and I eventually will die from the poison in like five to ten minutes. And then I want to be pushed out into the South African reef area where okay. all the great white sharks are, and I want. A great white shark to launch me like a seal <laughs> up into the air and then I'll, I'll be dead from the poison at like the same time that I get launched out in the air well no I have not thought of that I mean I don't know maybe I don't I don't know what's a good death what would hurt the least or make the most fanfare I guess the shark thing would make cause a lot of stories that would be pretty cool it would be pretty cool I don't know I think it'd be kind of fun to die in Hawaii kind of shit on it before but I do <laughs> I do like Hawaii like that's my dad's family's from there and uh, I enjoy the country but maybe go up to a mountain and then like jump into a volcano that would be cool yeah but maybe we're like uh, I'll, I'll take the poison thing but I'll have it be slow acting and I'll jump into the volcano with like a heat heat retardant suit so then the volcano will shoot me out into the ocean They'll put out the fire, and then a bunch of sea turtles will like move me to my boat. And then once I'm on that boat, I'll die from the poison, and then the boat will launch on fire. We can make it happen. Is that Moana? I don't know. I, that, that's, that's I was, like I was thinking, it's like is that is that Moana? Moana? <laughs> but yeah, before we move on, to, uh, just to, just to make it clear to any of our international listeners uh, who may be bringing their dying grandfather to the states, remember this saying: Don't die in Hawaii. Bring your dying grandpa <laughs> to the great state of Mississippi. Yeah, that is something we're taught in schools. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the first things I remember being taught in that's, school. Is that I wonder insane. if that's Mississippi's biggest import. It's just foreign dead people. Dead people. <laughs> <laughs> just like, hey, if you're gonna die, go to Mississippi. All right, Chris. This next story. While we were on break for two months for water cooler talk, I've gotten plenty of emails asking me to talk about this story. Oh, really? I mean, not like a ton, but like more than I would usually <laughs> CNN, get. Like every once in a while, you. like I'll get like somebody will recommend a story for me. But yes. this one, people really wanted to hear yeah, it's been, somebody it's talk been about interesting. it. And t- two white guys are the most qualified to talk about it. <laughs> but we, we can, we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but this is from the USA Today. Jesse Smollett is nominated for a NAACP award. Just days after prosecutors dropped all charges against Jesse Smollett, who had been indicted on 16 counts of disorderly conduct, Smollett was nominated for a fourth consecutive year in the Image Awards Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series category for his work on Empire. He had previously won the award in 2017. Jesse Williams had already happened recently. Jesse Williams won for his work in Grey's Anatomy. But for those, we've been gone for a while, for those who may be unaware of the Jesse Smollett story, well, I'm going to break it down for you. It's a pretty pretty long one, so hang in there. On January 22nd, 2019, Smollett was sent a letter which depicted a stick figure hanging from a tree with a gun pointing towards it that read Smollett, Jesse, you will die, and contain a white powder determined to be Tylenol. A week later, on January 29th, Smollett was reportedly attacked in the early mornings of the day by Trump supporters wearing ski masks who yelled, this is mega country. What does it mega mean again? Make America great Make again. Make America great again. And poured an unknown liquid on him while also putting a noose around his neck. Smollett reported to police that he fought off the attackers before calling police around 2.30 a.m., who arrived 10 minutes later, before heading to Northwestern Memorial Hospital where he was released later in the morning with minimal injuries. Smollett claimed the assault was linked to his criticism of the Trump administration and the threatening letter he had received earlier in the month. So, this is what, what was told to have happened. The story continues. On February 13th, Chicago police raided the home of two persons of interest related to the case who were brothers of Nigerian descent and were close to Smollett having acted as extras on Empire and spending time in the gym together. Police recovered bleach and a few other items from the home. Two days later, on February 15th, the two men were released without being charged with the crime. A day later, on February 16th, the story broke wide open. Chicago police had discovered evidence indicating that Smollett had paid the two brothers 
$3,500 to stage the attack. The brothers were then found on financial records purchasing the rope placed around Smollett's neck and on surveillance footage buying the outfit worn the night of the attack and specifically asking the store if they sold mega hats, which the store doesn't sell. The store wanted to make it very clear that they <laughs> yeah. did not sell those hats. The brothers were also discovered to have ordered a lift to a location where the attack had occurred. Now the police and FBI start to get a little suspicious. And during this time, Smollett is going on TV and telling the original story that I right. mentioned. On February 20th, Smollett was charged with a class 4 felony for filing a false police report and the next day surrendered himself at the Chicago Police Department's central booking station. Later that day, Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie T. Johnson released details of the investigation stating how the Chicago PD believed Smollett staged the attack as a publicity stunt to further his career as he was not satisfied with his salary and afraid of being written off Empire. Chicago PD also alleged that Smollett sent the previously mentioned letter to himself as a way to tie the incident to President Trump. On March 8th, Smollett was indicted on 16 felony counts of a false report of an offense in which his defense team entered a non-guilty plea. Smollett later claimed he had been struggling with an untreated drug problem for ecstasy. And then on March 22nd, all charges against Smollett were dropped with Judge Steve Watkins ordering the public court file sealed. The state had reached a plea deal with Smollett in which prosecutors dropped the charges upon Smollett for him to perform 16 hours of community service and forfeit his $10,000 bond. After his release, Smollett told reporters, I have been truthful and consistent on every single level since day one. It's been an incredibly difficult time, one of the worst of my life. Now I would like nothing more to just get back to work and get on with my life. Chris, these are the facts that we have from the investigation. Right. All of that was factual, everything from the investigation. You can say what you want about police corruption and racism in America, especially in Chicago. But Chris, I want to ask you about something that deals more with like the story, the original story mentioned. Smollett had been nominated for the previous three years, so we can presume he is a somewhat competent supporting actor. Yeah. Do you think there's a place in entertainment for public opinion to sway how an actor is perceived in terms of their talent? Basically, should the NAA CP have nominated Smollett regardless of his legal situation. Yeah, I think it's tough. I mean, because especially with all this, like, what people call quote-unquote cancel culture, we're seeing a lot more of that, where, like, James Gunn's Kevin Hart's The World, where people are, and even with those documentaries that just came out, like the R. Kelly, Michael Jackson things, people are grappling more with, like, how much you can separate the art from the artist. I mean, personally, to me, it depends on what the actor or singer did and what the art is, I suppose. Because, I mean, in Jussie's case, I think, sure, I mean, I don't, I don't think he should be barred from being able to be nominated from an award necessarily. But I mean, like, you cannot like him because of it. Like, that's your, that's your right. But I mean, I remember a couple of years back at the Oscars, there was a big Casey Affleck controversy because he was nominated for Best Actor for Manchester by the Sea, and um, there was allegations that came out that like a decade ago or seven years ago or something, he had some sexual assault um, allegations on him. So people are saying that he shouldn't have got the Oscar, but objectively on paper, he was the best actor that year. So that caused this, and he ended up winning. He got the best actor Oscar. I personally think it should be pretty objective based on your skill for certain awards. This I think is a little different with that specific award show, the NAACP Image Awards because to me, the brief research I did and I never, I've never watched it, but it seems more of a place to celebrate, like it's the Image Awards, right? So it's to celebrate like, you know, black Cele- Americans. black culture. Yeah and, how, in media. yeah, and how good they're doing in media. So that's a little different because I mean, you don't want him necessarily representing what like a black supporting actor would be if all that it's true that he's not a good, like, you know, image. So, like, I think if that specific award show didn't want to do it based on that, then I think it's fine. But I'm not mad that they did. Yeah, I'm totally okay with it, what the NWACP did here. I'm someone who very much is in that camp of realizing that people need to separate the art from yeah. the artist. Kevin Spacey was one of my favorite actors. I still love every single one of his characters, but that doesn't mean I need to love him as a person. Yeah, well, that, that the Kevin Spacey thing was hard for me, too, because like, he was one of my favorite actors, and like American Beauty, I think, is top ten movies of all time. Like I love that movie, it, but I, I can't imagine watching that movie for the first time now with all the Kevin Spacey stuff. Yeah, that's, it'd be, that's an interesting way to look at it. Like, looking so at hard. some of those characters and being like, you kind of know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, because that because his character in American Beauty sense. is real creepy and he like yeah. hits on young girls and stuff. A 16-year-old girl or something. Yeah, but that's a good movie. But it's one of those things where like that movie was so highly celebrated and a lot of Kevin Spacey's roles were before that broke. So it feels weird now that you know that he's like a shitty person that like all of a sudden those movies are bad. And I mean like I think with film and music it's a little different because with film what gets me is that like no movie's made with just Kevin Spacey. They have huge casts and huge crews on those movies and it's like he had a key role in all of the work he's done but you're celebrating the movie 
which he was a part of. But like so many people worked on that film. I mean, with me, like with R. Kelly, it's a little different because like you know, there's a handful of producers, but it's R. Kelly well, yeah, singing about his like stuff. R. Kelly yeah, or like, Chris Brown or something. Yeah. it's a lot easier to be like, well, yeah, you're not gonna like this person's yeah, work. It's like a but one then, to yeah, one. when you go movies, there's so many people involved in movies. Like if you stay at the end of the credits, it's yeah. like a five minute credit roll because there's so many people involved. Well, and it's kind of like a not narcissistic. I don't know what the word would be, but like yeah, those credit rolls. Like you only ever focus on the main actors, their allegations, but like there's a good chance someone has a DUI or someone oh, has yeah. some criminal history on like the grip crew of a movie. Like and no one throws a fit about that. Like I get it, it's different impact because like you don't see them, but I don't know. I feel like the art stands for itself. Whether you want to support that movie based on your own convictions, that's totally up to you. But I don't think you should campaign to get others not to support it. I think we've gotten to like a very toxic culture of people identifying a character with an actor like oh if kevin spacey's character in francis underwood it's like i can't well that's a very unlikely unlikable Likeable guy yeah that was probably a bad example but um <laughs> but yes he, he has some good character i don't know yeah. any of that he has because they're all pretty yeah. creepy <laughs> when i think about it they're all creepy characters but that makes i know what you're saying i mean uh, but yeah just like people need to realize that acting is acting it's an actor pretending to be someone of course you have like personal experiences that play a bit into how an actor perceives a character yeah. but it's like if you think of someone like Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis played Lincoln. Lincoln didn't, isn't Daniel Day-Lewis. Like, there needs to be that separation. And then from, you know, Smollett's previously three years of being nominated, we know he's a somewhat, de- he's a C-list actor, but we know he's a somewhat yeah. decent supporting actor. He's won this award before, so if he keeps that same level, he deserves to be in a nomination. But I definitely like your point about, like, this award show is about celebrating black culture and media. So it's like, where do you stand on that? It's like, obviously like there was no chance he was gonna win no no chance no, whatsoever not. but i feel like a nomination is fine yeah well and that's the, like, even like the cosby show like that was such a you know pivotal american television for like white and black america like it, it did so much and it was so highly regarded and like obviously now yeah, bill cosby news came out but like this show still deserves a place in american culture to be celebrated for what it did because it's like that show's impact is greater than any one person and i've never seen empire so i have no idea i haven't seen empire either i i haven't even heard i didn't hear about jesse before this news broke but the the whole cancel culture thing is is alarming to me and i kind of liked how james gunn got reinstated like i thought that was a good tipping point back to hopefully more more normal because obviously you should call out things you don't like so like if someone's doing current things that you find you know abhorrent or whatever like you know shout it out like there's a place for that but my issue is when people go back through old things that they find and if there's no current things then it's like you're penalizing people for growing. Exactly. So that's like the, the Kevin Hart thing. I thought yeah, was the stupidest thing in the world. Because they went back seven years and it's like the people that were out to get him, it took seven years. Like, cause I guarantee you they were scrolling through everything, but it took them seven years to find a questionable tweet. So that means in the last seven years, at least publicly, he's changed from the behavior that you don't like. And it's like, it, the, the point should be to call out behavior you don't like and then change it. And clearly they changed it. But if in, you know, in 10 years, people are going to you know cancel you for that, then you're not incentivizing growing or change. When I think people forget get 10 years ago was a different time period yeah like i remember saying gay homo 10 years ago and you just didn't know it was bad because the media was saying it movies were saying it music was saying it everyone was like right. using it as a not like uh like direct term well and it was, there but was a lot less like, visibility oh. of gay people too i exactly. mean because like, i didn't really know any in middle school and then now like you know they're empowered to come out so you're seeing more and more and tv you're seeing more and more so like you can tie those slurs to people and like you do it less but back then like no one even knew like gay people really and like those words so it's not when you're saying that you're like oh I'm thinking of hurting this person or my friend you're just saying them as insults so it's like it's yeah it's totally different it was like a shock jock culture and not that that's okay but like since he's not still doing it he's clearly evolved with the rest of our society like yeah and who knows what we're saying now will right. be offensive in 10 years well and the, I guarantee the people that cancel people too like they said that back in the day too oh, like yeah. they everyone because it was the time like you it was wrong when it happened but now that as a society it's good that we can acknowledge what was wrong in the past to move on but if you're gonna hurt people for moving on then it's like what's the point of doing it do you think Smollett can grow from the situation or do you think he is just a person who gravitates towards his own personal gains I mean I think anyone can grow but I think you need like a you know like a trigger to want to and I mean like at least publicly I haven't seen that from him because I mean I I personally believe that he did all the stuff like I think he made it up or like orchestrated it like I don't I'm not one of those people that believes that he's telling the truth which is unfortunate because you know you don't want to cause stigma for hate crimes or whatever because like that stuff definitely happens like maybe not as intensely as he said but jesse specifically i don't believe his story it's too weird to me but the fact that he's maintained his innocence and seems kind of cocky about it like i don't think this event 
it's going to cause him to change. But maybe the fallout from it, a couple years, I don't know. I saw this interesting thing that was, because the mayor of Chicago, like Rahm Emanuel or whatever, seemed pissed if you he watched his, like, he was pissed <laughs> about them dropping the charges. And his brother is Ari, which is the character, Ari Emanuel, which is what the Ari Gold character is based off of on Entourage. I don't okay. know if you've seen it. I've never seen Entourage. Oh, it's like, so Rahm Emanuel's brother is Ari. He's like the, he owns the biggest agency in America, like in for Entourage talent. or in real For life. real life. Okay. Like it's Ari as an agent and he owns the biggest, it's like WME or something, one of those. So Entourage parodied him and had this crazy agent on the show but he's like a powerful guy so it's like i don't clearly uh jesse's not going to get any prison time or whatever but i really think that rom's going to get ari to like punish him professionally like i think he might get blacklisted that kind of stuff I, yeah i could definitely see that and i could definitely see as this being his legacy yeah like it definitely people are going to remember this forever like i definitely agree with you of course he's not innocent to what degree he's not innocent that's not for me to say that's the legal courts, but generally people who are guilty don't have to perform community service and forfeit yeah, their bond. That's what I was saying, because everyone's like, he's guilty. I was like, well, then why, like, if if I was, if that happened to me, like, if I had, like, a hate crime done to me, and they're just like, well, yeah, but just, you know, do community service, pay less money. I'm like, no, I'm innocent. Like, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Like, so yeah, clearly something happened, but I mean... Obviously, this is what he'll be remembered for because like with a Cosby or a Spacey they had so much good legacy before and then this awful came in so now there's a mix of both and like people will probably remember the more negative stuff but you also have positive stuff because they were like household names no one knew who Jesse was like, I, like people that are fans of Empire did and I, I'm not a part of that community but like most of America didn't know who Jesse was and now the reason that we know Jesse Smollett was because of the situation yeah, exactly. so no matter what he does in the future like he's always going to be the empire guy that faked a new like faked a crime and i think going to kevin spacey is i think people will eventually forget i think someone like harvey weinstein people won't but if you think of someone like roman polanski right (laughs) he did stuff with the 14 year old girl people still work with him he's not generally no he he fled i I don't think he'd come back to the u.s (laughs) but anyways like as far as like public perception people are like oh is that the guy who slept with the 14 year old girl it's not like oh fuck him for sleeping with the 14 girl it's like oh it's that the guy like yeah he's remembered for that moment, but he's not hated for that moment, well, like if Louis, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Louis C.K. is already back doing comedy. That rubbed people the wrong way, but I mean, yeah, definitely there's different time limits for people, and that's a whole separate debate whether they should come back or not, but yeah, I think, I mean, especially with people that had positive legacies before, I think they probably will end up working again. Like, I don't really know what Kevin Spacey's going to do. I know to he pick released his role. that one weird... Have that you, was really that weird. Weird video. Yeah, where he was, like, was like playing what? that character. Yeah, that I was like, bro, that's not... <laughs> For those who don't know, Kevin Spacey released a video, like, a few months after his allegations, where he was playing his Francis Underwood character. Which is creepy. It was very meta. It was creepy. And he was, yeah, that was so not a good the person, look. like, directing and editing that. It's like... Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he needs like a not, I'm not like I'm saying I'm not advocating for him but if I was his publicist or whatever like he needs to take you know more positive roles and like he do needs stuff to come like, out as transsexual <laughs> well do you remember that though he came out as gay yeah yeah that, that was, was like the weirdest PR move ever. yeah he's just they're like oh you're like you know touching little boys and want to have sex with little boys and he's like well I'm gay it's fine and I was like no 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 like that's not you're <laughs> well that's like the smallest story so when much. he was like I think I have a drug problem it's like yeah of so, course you do yeah of course well, it was like the whole Caitlyn Jenner thing too like <laughs> yeah I think what, I I told you guys that Caitlyn Jenner killed someone. Well, no, we talked about it on our podcast, but I knew that prior. Jake did okay. not know it. Jake Jake did not know because he's uneducated. But <laughs> yeah, that was all crazy too. Like, you know, you murder someone in a hit and run and then all of a sudden you're trans and you win Woman of the Year. Exactly. Like, that's it's like people... <laughs> that's what I originally, when you sent me this headline, I thought that's what it was. Because I didn't know it was like a film or TV award. I thought it was like an NAACP award, like for being like an outstanding black American. And th- that's originally what I thought was two. Yeah. And I think that's what the USA Today writer of this article yeah, wanted people to think. Yeah, cause that's because I read that and I was like, oh, immediately I was like, Caitlyn Jenner, I'll bring that up. Like, it's like, I was going to have more of an issue with it. I'm like, why are you nominating someone as like an outstanding representation of like black America when you have all these allegations? But I read further and like, oh, it's and like even like Emmy. the <laughs> Chris Anderson quote in there from yeah. uh, Kangaroo Jack fame. Also the show Black. But anyways, he had mentioned like, I really oh, want Anthony him. Anthony Anderson. Anthony Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Blackish. I yeah. really want him to win because I want to hear what he says on stage. And people were right. saying like, oh, he's praising him. He wants him to win. It's like, no, he just wanted to hear what the fuck he would say if he won. Well, I, I yeah. want to hear I would love to hear what he would say if he won well an angle too that I think not a lot of because I listen to a couple podcasts from like hip hop commentators so it's yeah. like a brilliant idiots and with Charlamagne the God um, that's what I listen to and they were talking about a perspective of a lot of black Americans are pro Jesse in like the same sense they were pro OJ where they recognize that he probably wasn't innocent 
but they're saying it's a win because the legal system also is broken for black people where it's like like they're they're getting the same privilege as a lot of white people get where it's like it's corrupt in general so that's bad but it's like just because he was black still he still got off type of thing so they're like saying it's cool that he wasn't just thrown away in prison like it shows that the system works for both people but the system being like at the beginning of the (laughs) story you mentioned like we're two white guys discussing it and i think when people listen to this episode some will listen to it as two white men discussing an issue like they don't understand how could they understand an issue where over 50 percent of african americans have claimed to be personally discriminated against by police or that about 60 percent say that they or their family has been unfairly stopped or treated by the police because of the color of their skin or that 45 percent of african americans believe the court system has been treated has treated them differently this is all taken from a survey conducted by npr the robert woods johnson foundation and harvard th chan school of public health in 2017 how could they understand how could two white guys understand and we can't you know i discussed this when we had the reels back on i will never know what it feels like to be a black man in America. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean I can't look at the facts of a case and see that there's maybe a bit more than just racism involved. Yeah. Well, that's why it sucks, though, too, is that there is so much discrimination and mistreatment by police to African Americans that it sucks that this wasn't a real case. Like, obviously, it's good that a hate crime didn't occur, but like, hate crimes do. So it sucks that a lot of white people are going to have like a sour taste in their mouth about someone else. It, like you know saying this happened and there's definitely an example like I got pulled over the other day and I got a ticket for speeding and it, like my interaction with the police was just so positive and he like explained because I was just going to pay my ticket but he like d- without of his without me saying anything he went out of his way to say like don't pay this go to court blah 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 then they'll suspend like your speeding ticket then it won't go on your record and you'll be better in the long run so it was like a super good experience and like one that's going to save me heart like headache in the future I just feel like I can't see that happening for a lot of black people too like they would have given a ticket they would have paid it and that yeah. was on the record like but probably because you know like me being a young white man like you know the police treat you better I don't know as a whole well, it's a proven statistic yeah and so, I mean even like Cortez mentioned it what he said he was like when I get pulled over it's like I have no idea how this traffic stop's gonna go I try yeah. to be as respectful as possible but you never know there was just the story the other day about the guy who got shot for no reason the rapper yeah Nipsey Hussle yeah but was, no that was a different one it was like yeah. he got shot in his car yeah it just it just sucks and it sucks too because like Chicago does have a pretty twisted police like there there are a lot of issues and I think just I don't know the guy's name but just recently they there's all the evidence that they covered up that shooting of that you know another ar- unarmed black man so it's just like it's a lot of variables but I think we do we can't have a perspective on it but we just have to understand that it's not we don't understand it yeah it's like I, I would never say I understand that you know experience because yeah. there's no way I could looking at this case I think it's important that people look at facts and not get swayed by race or celebrity because the mayor right. of Chicago had mentioned like he got celebrity treatment. Definitely. And I think celebrities definitely use that to their advantage, the public sway of opinions of jurors. Chris, I want to ask you this question. Do you think celebrities should be tried differently than regular citizens because of the potential sway they may have over jurors? I mean, like, I yeah, but I don't know what that would look like. Like, I don't know how... I guess now that I'm thinking more about that question, it's like tough to describe like what constitutes a celebrity. Yeah, well, I feel like you could just, you know, in the juror selection, maybe ask them what shows, or if they've seen any of these shows and, like, put an X next to it. Because, I mean, like, I don't know who Jesse is. So I could have given him a fair trial. Like, I don't care that he's on on Empire. But, like, yeah, you definitely don't want people that are, like, huge. Like, it'd be hard for me to be impartial about, like, my favorite celebrities. It would be hard if, like, someone like George Clooney or Kevin Spacey went on trial because everyone Everyone knows knows Or Dwayne The Rock Johnson, for some reason, ever was arrested. I mean, he was arrested in his younger days, but now. Tim Allen. But it's, like, People know who these people are. Like, yeah, everyone knows who those big names are. So I feel like, yeah, that's a little more tough. But. Yeah, but I mean, like, you have a constitutional right to, like, a fair trial so and, like, a trial by your peers. But maybe that's the, maybe that's the issue. I think the trial by your peers is tough because, like, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm George Clooney's peer. Like, we're in very different lifestyles. So I feel like maybe they only need to be tried by celebrities. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, maybe they need to get a panel <laughs> that's of, like... a good TV show. Like, Total Drama Island. I mean, maybe, because, I mean, like, you know, get some diverse celebrities from different walks of life to try you that don't really care about how famous you are. Because, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. I guess George I guess Clooney's more life. of the thing maybe where my question went off, Hilter, here is I think a lot of people, similar to the OJ case, there was a yeah. lot of, like, public, like, media shit going on, and everyone really knew about this case. Everyone had made their own judgments yes. before the trial even started. Yeah, because celebrities, everyone in America has an opinion of celebrities, like, specific ones, like, if you know them. Everyone has an opinion of Kevin Spacey before 
before he committed a crime. So it's like you're not working from a blank slate. Like you're working from some bias when you try them. So that, yeah, I don't know how you'd try celebrities Because like, yeah, even before this trial started, as we mentioned, no one really knew who Smollett was. But then because he was a celebrity, there was all this media around him. So before the trial started, right. everyone knew who this guy was and the reason he was there. Or like if Bieber goes on trial, like everyone kind of hates him, like just as a base. So like even if he's innocent, like people are going in there being like, I don't like this kid. He probably did it. That's so difficult. I don't know how you'd give celebrities a fair trial, but I think celebrities should just get a free pass. Yeah, they can just do whatever they just want. Just do whatever. If you have a lot of money, just do whatever you want. That's it. Seems to be working <laughs> yeah. right now. So maybe we need like a purge thing, like we talked about last time. Celebrity <laughs> purge. Just give celebrity them, just purge. Give them like a week. What do you think would win in a celebrity purge? Well, I mean, Dwayne the Rock Johnson would be pretty good. I feel like there's some scrappy ones. I feel like you have to go with the more crazier route. The crazy. I feel like Dwayne craziest? the Rock Johnson nice. is like a big guy. But he wouldn't just murder but someone he to get just something. Murder someone. Well, who's? I mean, like who's crazy? Like certain rappers, I guess. Um, who's the craziest celebrity? Andy Dick. I feel like Andy, Andy Dick, Dick <laughs> would destroy in the purge. I would love to see like a purge of just celebrities, like not in real life, but like maybe a movie. I would love to see a gladiator fight. Bring I mean, that back. <laughs> I feel like. Well, I feel like we've wrapped up the story. I feel like we did a good job here. Uh, but real quick on the gladiator thing, I yeah. feel like I would love the idea of seeing a gladiator fight, but then I wouldn't love seeing it. Well, yeah, I don't want to see people get impaled and die. Yeah, but I mean, that's like the MMA. You could watch MMA or boxing, right? Yeah, that's like. True. It was like not, you don't need to see them get murdered. Just like, I want to see death and destruction. Jousting's kind of fun to watch at like the Renaissance Festival, but they don't actually get stabbed. Well, all right, Chris, thank you for taking the time to come back and share your perspective about some of the strangest and most interesting news stories the world has yeah. to offer in a fun and meaningful discussion. Again, once again, listener, if you stick around until the end of the episode, you can catch a clip of me on Chris's podcast, Going Ghost, or you can follow them on Instagram at Going Ghost Pod. Chris, when can we expect me to make a return appearance on the podcast? I don't know. Hopefully soon. I mean, we want to bring, we we want to do a fan favorite episode, so we want people to vote. Easily mine. Yeah, maybe. We'll <laughs> see. It's it's one of my personal favorites. Not even not even bullshitting. But I don't know. Hopefully soon. Well, if you want to look at if you want to look ahead at the discography or filmography of Danny Phantom, pick an I, episode. I want to go in blind. I felt like that was like a good way to do it for me. For me yeah. personally, I don't know if any of you listeners want to be a guest on the podcast. Yeah, reach out. But for me, going in blind, I had like I had kind of watched Danny Phantom like yeah. growing up, but not like I didn't remember it. Obviously, yeah. so going in blind, I was able to have like just a clear idea of just that episode because you guys just discuss per episode yes. basis. Yep. So it's nice to not know anything and then just go off of the perception of that episode. Yeah. Well, we, we kind of want to get some more diverse guests too. Like in the beginning, we want to do our friends that we thought would you know play well to our audience and just kind of prove concept. But as we're kind of finding our voice more, we want to start getting like weirder and weirder people that wouldn't know the show. So like Jake's professors, maybe oh, like more more elderly people. Like kind of want to get uh, Melvin Carter, the mayor of St. Paul. On I'm it. also gonna get Melvin Carter. Yeah, we it. talked about. It. So it's like yeah, stuff like that. Like episode fifty. Just like weird people. Not that he's a weird guy, but it's like people you wouldn't expect to be on. <laughs> Putting a down the day. mayor. <laughs> People you wouldn't expect. Maybe we'll get Jacob Fry. Maybe we'll get the mayor of Minneapolis and you can have Melvin. But people that you wouldn't expect to uh, talk about Danny Phantom just because it'd be, it's good to get walks of life, you know, represented and it'd just be interesting. Like get, you know, like maybe like a gas station worker, get like a Wall Street exec, just talk about Danny Phantom because like they probably wouldn't have seen it and just see their takes on it. Like that's kind of where we're going with the show. We want to find more. No, definitely. Voices. Yeah, that's, I mean, like kind of the route that I'm taking with this is I just want like everyday people to come on here and talk about these topics. And yeah. Just share their thoughts. Well, I'm an everyday person. I'm very common. You are. You're an everyday common (laughs) person. Uh, Anyways, thank you to all my listeners for listening to another episode of Water Cooler Talk, the only such podcast on the internet hosted by myself and guest hosted today by Chris. What's your middle name? Clayton. Clayton Bales, who recently has had a happy birthday. I didn't realize we are pretty much the same age. We're both I'm, 23 right I now. I was 69 or 70, whatever you were. Whatever you, you're 65 on our podcast or whatever you said. Oh, yeah, that's right. You said 65 yeah. years old. So you're 23 right now? Yes. Nice. I'll catching be, up. I'll be 24 <laughs> in May. I'm catching up. Uh, where we take the strangest and most interesting real-life news stories from around the world and just try and have a good old conversation about some of the ideas discussed in those bizarre news stories. And you can listen to the show on Spotify, or you can head over to our Facebook at facebook.com slash watercoolertalkpod to choose your favorite way to listen and catch up on any old episodes that you may have missed. Maybe you missed the first time Chris and Jake Merva came on the podcast, Tim Allen's Mugshot. Check that episode out. Uh, we are also available on all podcast platforms. Chris, name a podcast platform. Uh, Stitcher. We're on there, I think. Yeah, we're on there. <laughs> I, like, I almost got you. <laughs> and once again, if you'd like to reach out to the show with a strange local news story, or if you just want to share some of your own comments, you can do so at watercoolertalkpod at gmail.com. Chris, you've been here before, but now this time you're solo. Yes. Chris, Clayton Bales. Yes. Close out 
this episode. All right. Well, have you ever had a challenge issued before? <laughs> I have not, no. We talked behind the scenes, which, you know, is some podcasting things. Podcast drama. Yeah, you're having a couple people I know on uh, some future episodes, and I just want to... I just want to challenge them, uh, Annie, Annie Youngblood, and uh, Jake Merva when he eventually comes on, uh, to have a better episode than I do. Uh, I don't know. You can decide, Adam and your viewers, what the metrics will be. Maybe you can do like a Twitter poll, something. I just want to see. Uh, it's like We're Ken- actually off Twitter, by the way. Off Twitter? Yeah, well, then we can do a, Facebook poll, we'll do a Facebook poll or like a real life poll. A- Live yeah. episode, we'll but like uh, like Kendrick Lamar's Controlverse, where he challenges all the other rappers. I want a <laughs> friendly competition with Jake and Annie to see if they can pull in be- better numbers than I do. What would be your tagline for this episode? For this episode, I forgot we talked about. I'm it. gonna um, ask everyone what their tagline would their be. Ta- oh, like what the title would be, or like the, the little tagline, just the tagline, tagline for the episode, like Chris Bale's. That's it. Farting? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Not not another not another white guy, you know? Not another <laughs> like, white guy. There it is. Hopefully Jake doesn't take that one as well. No, he is another white guy. He can't take it. Or hopefully Andy doesn't. I have a lot of white people on my podcast. <laughs> and and there you have that it. Out. that out. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping by for another episode of Water Cooler Talk. I believe this is episode 19, so... We're getting up there in numbers. Soon we'll be at 100. Uh, But anyways, guys, we will see you. We're doing 10 straight weeks of episodes. This is week episode. This is week number two. So we have eight more straight weeks of episodes to go. I don't think I'm going to do it. You guys do an episode every week. I I did one every other week. Doing an episode every week is just too much. Well, you have too much planning that goes into it. Yeah, I do a lot of research. We do nothing. We just drink and then talk about (laughs) ghosts. It's very easy. So after these 10 weeks, we'll see how it goes. We'll see if people like it. I'll possibly stick to it, but... I definitely like the other every other week episode release schedule. But anyways, guys, we will be back next Thursday. And until then, peace. This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not because they're real. Yeah. And it's like a voice can make or break my attraction to someone. So, so like when pop- you go on a first date, do you just close your eyes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> just to make sure. No, but like Paulina, she was very attractive right. in a cartoon sense. Right. And then you hear her voice and you're like, I'm not as attracted because of her voice. Like if she had a better voice, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm not saying that woman's voice is bad. It just didn't work for this character. Right. Because yeah. she's like, a middle aged woman. She is. Yeah. And it turned me off from this high school girl. Yeah. Would, yeah, she was definitely I, I, also I mean that's bad context, but you get <laughs> what I'm saying.